Welcome back to the Guildhall School Events Podcast. Today we're joined by director Joe Blatchley and final year actors Florence Roberts and Robbie Carpenter ahead of their production of Napoli Millionaria, which opens in the Studio Theatre at Milton Court on the 23rd of May. Napoli Millionaria was written by Italian playwright and director Eduardo De Filippo and premiered in 1945 with this adaptation by Peter Tinniswood. Joe, as a director, what can you tell us about the play? Um, will many people be familiar with, with his work? No, not so much um, in England. In Italy, he was a huge star. In fact, um, Pirandello was part of his company at one point. Um, he was he was a massive um, TV, film, stage in Naples. Um, so in, in this country, his plays are done rarely. Um, there was one done quite recently at um, Chichester, um, but no, not very often. Um, they're very big casts, so it's only somewhere like the National or the RSC that really can take them on, really, because they are usually... He had he has a company of actors um, whom he always worked with, and true to Neapolitan style, all his family, his wife, his brother, his brother-in-law, they were all part of the company. And... Um, so it was a very big company and he tended to write his parts for the members of the company um, so there's always a great big bloke who's very strong there's always that, that type of thing because um, that fitted who, who, who was in the company um, so no he's not very well known in this, in this country at all um, and you said it was for he normally wrote for a big cast mm-hmm. um, we have uh, maybe five or six um, students that won't be appearing in, in Napoli I think um, mm-hmm. so have you had to sort of reduce uh, the, the you know what, what it was intended for you, no. You, no no not at all uh, uh, um, it's intended for about 18 is it mm-hmm. and we're, that's what we're we've got we've got the right number yeah Okay, um, and so get going a bit more into what is the actual play about? Can you give us a sort of overview without without spilling any of the <laughs> secrets? Okay, uh, the place uh, Second World War Two in Naples, um, just before the Allied invasion, and then just after the Allied invasion. It's about the black market and uh, how people, through sheer necessity to survive. Um, get involved in the black market and how little by little they get sucked up by that and then become extremely greedy and then eventually pay a potentially very heavy price. In in a funny way, without the politics and adding Italian sentiment to it, it's a sort of, you could draw parallel between this and Mother Courage by Brecht. It's a sort of Italian Mother Courage. uh, uh, There's one main leading woman who's very strong uh, and who is dealing and is a racketeer and eventually it's the price that she has to pay to realise that she's sold her soul really um, so that's that's basically the story okay and when uh, Florence when you came in earlier you were saying that um, it's, you, you've decided to not do it in an Italian accent even though it's set in, in Napoli right yeah um, what have you gone for in the end? So we've gone for Scouse. Um, I think this particular translation was written for Scouse, if I might. Um, it's got all the idioms and the sort of... Um, it, it, it's very comfortable in that 
in that accent we found we tried a lot of different ones we started in Italian and then we tried out Yorkshire we tried out London um, RP and then we settled on Scouse because it just sort of fitted with the and, it, and it's also funnily enough it's quite similar to the sort of Italian vibe it's very they're very it's a very open accent and, it, and there's a lot of sing-song in it and um, and it just fits. It's fun. Have we really actually fun. got any scousers in our, no. in our in our crew? No. No, no scousers. <laughs> so yeah, we've we've had a we've had a vocal coach come in and have some sessions with us, but I think we're doing pretty well with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, one of the things it's written in Neapolitan. It's not written in Italian. Um, I can read and speak Italian moderately, and I can't understand a word of it reading it. So that's just a sort of, is that like a it's local a, dialect it's, of um, Yeah, it's a real, Italian. yeah, but it's, yeah, a very, very strong local dialect. Okay. Um, um, it would be like, if Scouse was written, it would be the equivalent. I don't know if you can write Scouse, I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, um, it, it might be more akin to Glaswegian or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's, it's a very, very particular accent. Yeah, I, I imagine the um, I imagine the story itself. Um, I mean, Liverpool probably went through a, a similar sort of uh, trajectory, obviously without the sort of invasion, I guess, aspect. Um, so that's that's why it's been quite easy yeah. to to chop and change it. But but all of the names are still the same. So everyone's got an Italian name. Yeah. Um, but and the place you know. names and everything. It, it's a type of tradition and a, and a theatrical sort of acceptable. Um, Conceit. Conceit. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, to 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 put, to ch- find an accent that is not just straight RP for mm-hmm. um, particularly translations to try and give them a flavour of, of what would have been there originally. Mm. Okay, um, uh, Robbie, you're playing a character called uh, Eriko. Yeah, is that Eriko. right? Yeah. Eriko. Um, Eriko. Yeah, <laughs> um, so so can you tell us a bit a bit more about that character? <clears throat> yeah, Eriko's um he's a really fun uh character. Like he, he um <clears throat> he's not part of the family because the, the, the play sort of centres around uh, the family of, of Amalia who's the, the, the leading sort of lady in it. And he's kind of like um he's almost like the romantic lead but not um he he's not essentially like a goodie. He's he, he, because it's about um, you know there's a lot about um, black market racketeering and that kind of thing and what people do to survive. And he's the one with a lot of the connections. So it doesn't really go massively into that, but it is in there in the script and the the life of of that. Uh, it's he's the one. He's almost like the one that's sort of led everyone astray, but not not really because it's it's what they had to do to survive. So, um, so yeah, his his involvement is is um, just of 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 bringing that that he's he's kind of vaguely involved in the underworld, or somehow he gets this stuff, you know, the the things that are contraband or or, or you know that are very hard to get, like general supplies, like because obviously food food would have been heavily rationed, but he's able to get more and. Um, so he's got a lot of connections. It sounds like a role that you you would probably in, enjoy doing. Uh, almost a romantic lead, um, lots of connections, bit bit dark. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a real gift. Actually, 
And how do you how do you prepare for the role? What what's been your sort of? Do you have an inspiration, or do you take bits from other things that you see? Yeah, I mean, um, with everything, you have to make it real for yourself. But what I've particularly loved about um, this process, which which is 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 entirely down to Joe, really, is that. Um, Instead, of, we've really been going into the life of all of the characters, um, and and really getting into to that first. So we engage with the kind of world very much outside of the text. So we 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 set up four improvisations, and um, and they were really sort of quite in depth improvisations where we all had. Um, like specific goals or things we wanted to do and we knew the rough outline but some characters would be told certain things that others wouldn't so there would be surprises within the improvisation which was so useful because we did the improvisations in character and outside of the, the text meaning that you could work out what your relationship was to all the other characters before you'd even done a scene with them which is is very different because usually the way I, I'm used to working is you'd, you'd work on on the scene, and then you'd f- try and feed the life into that. Whereas we've we've worked on the life and and the, fed the scene into that afterwards. So it's it's um it's a really fresh for me. It's been a, a really fresh way of working, and it's 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 great to dive into a character that way. And does your character have any dealings with Adelaide, which is Florence's character? What's the relationship there? Well, Mm. Go on. Uh, <laughs> it's complicated. It's like, no, it's not, it's not complicated. I am sort of a friend of everybody. I'm like, Joe described me as everyone's favourite aunt. Mm. So I just sort of swan in and out of the house because it, it's very Italian in the way that it's on a, you know, the doors are always open this mm. of this family home. Um, and I'm a neighbour. And... My dealings with Erica are just mainly, generally, just uh, you know, pecks on the cheek, and um, we're all very, it's very ensemble in that we're a lot of us are in the room at the same time, and um, yeah, I just I help out Amalia with all her um, things that she needs doing in the house, so I'm I'm always there just to help out um, with her daughter and the cleaning and the washing and everything like that. Yeah. So is this, is this mainly a story from Amalia's point of view or is it... It's sort of the family, yeah. I'd say. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a family saga. It's a, yeah, it's about a family trying to, you know, make it during a what's essentially a very, very difficult time during the war. Mm. And, and yeah, all the characters that you see are all threaded in one way or another through Amalia and the family. And so it's essentially... That is the kind of um, the center point where everything spirals around. If that makes sense, so all the characters like Adelaide and, and Erica will will, mm. will interact based on the fact they're um, they're tied together by the, the family home. And the improvs were so useful for that because it wasn't just improvs with three or four people. It was all of us, all eighteen of us. Is that eighteen? Mm. Um, having like a dinner party, or one day it was Christmas dinner, mm. and. I cooked, oh, you and me cooked yeah. um, a big sort of chicken tarragon dish the night before and brought it in. You actually, we actually cooked did it. Yeah, not so sort of good for act, acted no, cooking. No, no, we didn't. No, <laughs> so we that. also did a fast of twenty four hours before <laughs> yeah, the improvisation yeah, to have an idea so, of what the value okay. of food would be. Yeah, we were so hungry <laughs> yeah. and yeah. So it's a bit chaotic, yeah. but really good fun. You can imagine sort of years of that grinding you down, mm. that that sort yeah. of hunger. Yeah, and you wouldn't have the chicken dinner after no. a day. 
if there was a way you could get hold of it why people would then go for that because it's so appealing obviously oh your morals just go out the window yeah that's that's the kind of yeah. that's the thing yeah. well let's bring it back to Joe now he's uh, sort of getting out of it quite easy here um <laughs> They're, they're great, they're great. Um, so, you, I mean, you, you do come back to the Guildhall School and uh, every, <laughs> every year or two, I guess. Um, but this is the first time that you've been back um, whilst we've had Milton Court open. And this, um, this play is going to be staged in the studio theatre. Um, can you tell us a bit about how, it's, how you're using that that's quite adaptable space? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the space very well. I've only seen a couple of shows there. Um, once was in the traverse and once was in the thrust. We're using it in thrust, in other words, three sides with a back wall. Um, this is what the, um, the Guildhall, this slot is a, what they call a no-build, which means that they don't build a set. So everything you've got, there's just elements of furniture vague elements of a set but hardly anything nothing that can be built <coughs> um, so in that sense it's quite similar to the um, uh, the Shakespeare's um, we, we did earlier in the term mm. okay yeah, yeah. In, okay. That in that there's there's more a, props there oh yeah, yeah there is more, more it's props. pretty amazing uh, I mean, the, 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 the play is loosely you could describe it as naturalistic so um, you know, a knife is a knife and a table is a table and um, mm. a, a coffee is a coffee. You know, you can't have a glass of water to represent coffee type of thing. You know, it, what, what, what it's supposed to be, it has to be. Um, so that um, represents quite a challenge to do in a non... with no walls, because in the thrust, there, there, there are no walls. There's no set as such, really. There's just furniture. Um... But it's uh, I haven't been inside it yet with with this set, so it's difficult to know what it's going to be like at the moment. So um, I will tell you in a few days' time. <laughs> uh, um, but um, for, from designing the set point of view, um, it's you know it's a lovely space and uh, um, and it's surprisingly large as well. It's it's quite amazing how it sort of varies in size from one day to the next, and one day you go in and it looks quite small and lots of seats in there, and the next day it's absolutely vast. Mm. I guess that's one of the design, um, you know, uh, triumphs really of it. But um, um, yeah, I mean, um, in in your in your other time when you're not returning to the school, um, what what do you do? What do you do then? Twiddle my thumbs, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the next guild or school job. <laughs> um, I, I, I teach at various other places. I try to um, set up productions elsewhere in the real world, as they say. Um, and um, when neither of those things, I work on translations. Um, so I keep myself busy doing all sorts of things. Oh, that's, but, uh, that's yes, good. I teach at quite a few other schools. Obviously, it's coming up now to. The near the end, the business end, end. Near the, the yeah. business end, where you get launched off and then you go away and become famous actors, actresses. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure, but how how are you how are you both feeling about that? And is that does is everyone in, feel like they're in the same same boat with that? I don't know about other people. I can't really speak for anyone else. I'm well. It, there's a nice there's a sort of nice atmosphere at the moment. I feel I'm really excited. 
personally about it. I feel like the school sets you up really, really well for this for this point. Um, we've had it's it's weird in the way that we've sort of had this company for the last three years, mm. um, and you'll rarely, if ever, get that again. Um, being in such close proximity every single day and, and working together. Um, and uh, especially this last year, we've done, you know, this is our fifth show. Um, I think I'll really miss that. Um, and we'll have to get used to it, I guess. And any sort of immediate plans for after after July, after Grand Hotel? Um, for me, I, I mean, I'm just sort of taking taking each each day as it comes because what, what's been very apparent, especially working on, on this, is that um, well, it's clear that Joe, as well as being um, a director, has been been a very good teacher for us, and and really gone into to a lot of detail on on areas that I know I'll take into the rest of my career. So it's um it's it's healthy. It's been really healthy for me to to, and I hope that I can take this into my future work. That I'll strive to learn um, as I go, almost like when you finish. Um, when you've done your driving test and that's all done, you kind of you start learning really how to, to drive after that on your own. It's it's that kind of thing, you know. You, if you if you decide your your training's kind of over and 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 now it's now it's business and it's, it's different, then then I think that, that there's a real risk and a danger that you'll you'll kind of lose the whole point of doing what you're doing because. Part of it for me is that um, I'm always doing something that's engaging me or something I find really interesting and, and things like that I've going away and researching bits for this is, is it, it's it, that's one of the reasons why, why I love acting is that it, you have an infinite range of, of things to, to look into and so um, in terms of training and everything else I, I hope I can carry on doing that afterwards so I mean I, I just love to be working with exciting people for the rest of my life that's kind of that's the, that's the that goal. The ideal. Yeah, yeah, that is the ideal for me. Wonderful. Um, well, that's that's been brilliant. Um, unless you'd like to add anything about Napoli itself, any sort of. Uh, I suppose you can't give too much away, really, because you still want people to know uh, to to have a bit of a secret before they come. Um, I don't want to give the the plot away, as it were. Um, yeah. But it, it it's about the cost of war. It's about the the human cost of war, mm. of greed. Uh, and, and of want, um, I, I, as in wanting something but not having something. So yes, the, the costs of conflict. Wonderful. Well, on that powerful note, I think we'll <laughs> we'll end it there. Thank you very much to Joe, to Florence, to Robbie for coming today, and we wish you all the best for the production. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>